0: Season's gonna end on a double doink, doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know. It's the TC Martin Show. Yeah, I
1: don't know
0: the <laughs> Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then uh, prognosis. You know, take f- serious. Osmosis. Was well, it funny? It wasn't. It wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing, about yeah. it It's not funny. Not fun. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I that idea. That's the result you won't
2: get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh, laugh. The doctor is now
0: in. Game number six. Tonight, could it be the end of the Phoenix Suns? Man, it depends who you talk to and where you're located. You know? You're on the west side? Yeah, Phoenix is going to win. That's a better record. Home court advantage. You're back east, midwest. Bucks time BJ Armstrong is going to join us today We'll get his thoughts, predictions Scott Spreitzer Our handicapper extraordinaire from Doc Sports He will join us as well too As we talk NBA Finals game number 6 tonight Tipping it off 6 o'clock Looking forward to that T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank on a terrible Tuesday What do you think of that my friend?
1: I think it's uh, another Tuesday It's uh, getting (laughs) warm again out here So yeah, you know I I think today is bloody wonderful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bloody wonderful. No, there will not be a Paul Buckpower Stewart sighting. I know a lot of people will be sad about that because they love when we have the old jolly, bloody old Englishman on, Paul Buckpower Stewart. Though we
1: will have some stuff in Terrible Tuesday today that could relate to his friend TJ Reeves, which we can maybe bring up with him next time we do speak with him.
0: We do. We have something with TJ Reeves. Okay. I I think I know where you're going. Terrible Tuesday after a rousing start, huh? it's terrible tuesday that's terrible things gone wrong
2: in the sporting world that's a terrible idea i want to know what the hell he's smoking something stinks in here that's terrible (laughs) it's terrible
0: tuesday things gone wrong in the sporting world all right we got a police blotter update for you a couple stories we went to. On uh, last week, that happened after Terrible Tuesday, but definitely fit Richard Sherman update. We know he was arrested last Wednesday after being charged with burglary, booked into a jail outside of Seattle. Uh, he was released without bond, charged with five misdemeanors, uh, including second degree malicious uh, mischief in the third degree, uh, you know, criminal trespassing, and uh, along with resisting arrest. Uh, was cut loose without bond, appeared in court on Friday and uh, ba- basically the judge uh, you know was, was saying, okay, you know no bond there, but uh, this, this thing is going to uh, continue here. So um, he broke into the in-law's house. he was intoxicated. Uh, more news came out about he threatened to kill himself during a confrontation with the family. Wife called 911 said that he was drunk, he was belligerent. He was threatening to kill himself. He was being very aggressive. He wrestled with her uncle and then sent text messages that he was going to actually hang himself. So you can hear on the 911 call that she was attempting to prevent Sherman from leaving the residence saying, Richard, please stop. She also told the 911 dispatcher that Sherman drank two bottles of hard alcohol. And at one point during the call, um, you know, the, the caller, Sherman's wife, asked the dispatcher to tell police, please don't shoot. And said Richard told her that he would fight police if they arrived. Well, more to the story now is that the nine one one operator is being investigated on how she handled this phone call. Now, at one point, Sherman's wife explains that the that the free uh, I'm sorry that uh, that Sherman was wrestling with the uncle, to which the dispatcher said. Trying to fight somebody and actually making physical contact are two different things. So tell me, how is this altercation physical? And then when someone else tried to take the phone away from her, someone else in the family, the uh, someone tried to chime in, and then the operator said, Sir, I only talk to one person at a time, so please put the phone down. So now this person is being investigated, and there are people that would like to have the 911 operator fired because the way she was talking to you know Sherman's wife and, and the family members and I don't know how many people have been through 911 calls before but but what the person's trying to do is de-escalate the situation trying to find as much information as possible and even in another par- part of the call they were saying hey we're sending someone out but I need to know who to send out and where to send out, so I need to get as much information you know, in hand here, and I need you to, to, to try to be calm and explain the situation to me. And that's what the 911 operator did, and it sounded like this person was doing their job, but people want this person fired.
1: Well, I mean, you know, people, it, it's easy to try to judge people when you're not in their shoes and you don't know what they're doing. Yeah, she's trying to de-escalate the situation. She's also trying to remain calm and have one person give her the information. So she, she's trying to gather and help out a little bit. But on the other end of the phone, on nine one one calls, there's frequently, I mean, very infrequently that calm and that sort of stuff because you're freaking out. Yep. The video of Sherman trying to bust through that door and putting his shoulder in that, I don't know how he didn't bust that door down because he's an NFL football player who smashes people for a living. So, you know, I mean, they're freaking out on the one end. She's trying to do her job. Maybe they thought it was condescending or something else, but yeah, I mean, to lose her job over it, I'm sure they have certain protocols, and maybe she could have done something a little bit differently, or like, I'm only speaking to one person at a time or whatever, but, but yeah, but she's trying to calm the situation and get the information to do the right job for it. So I don't think that anybody has the right to put themselves in those shoes unless they've been a 911 operator or they know exactly what the proper protocol is.
0: Right, and this all started by uh, Sherman crashing his car into a construction <laughs> zone there on the highway. He hit a wall, right? Yeah. And it went through this construction zone, knocked over some stuff, damaged his car, and he was intoxicated. So he went to court on Friday and pleaded not guilty. So... Uh, we'll see uh where this uh takes us uh more uh, on the police blotter uh, the story that we talked last week here in Vegas, Dwayne Haskins, your Ohio state buddy. I know I love saying that uh the update here you know is his wife has been now charged with a battery and domestic violence at that July 3rd altercation at the Cosmopolitan. Uh, police were called at 2.30 in the morning after the couple got into a fight. She punched him in the mouth, bloody in his lip, knocking out a tooth of Haskins. And They say the injuries were substantial, needed dental work. I did reach out to Dr. Weinman. He, he, he was not on the call here, and I'm still not sure, even though that... Technically, Dr. Wyman is, is a big Steelers guy, and Haskins is a backup quarterback of the Steelers. Still not sure Wyman is in, in this guy's corner because, you know, he came from the Washington football team. But anyway, they were married in March. They came to Vegas, renewed their vows. We talked all, all about that. But the latest news on this story is now that the wife uh, is changing her story a little bit, saying that her husband got into a fight with another friend in the room Ah. and that she fell to the floor hitting her head when she tried to intervene as she said that she could not remember whether anyone battered her although she said she had bruises on her legs and complain and, and complain of head and neck pain so we didn't hear any of this last week we so didn't th- even hear that there was a third person in the room right so, in, you know, we heard that they were, he was coming probably from Marquee, the club there or whatever, and then they got in this altercation, and she basically, you know, knocked him out or punched him in the face, substantial injuries, knocking out a tooth, and when the police arrived, they found blood on the carpet and a piece of a tooth, but now police believe after questioning, you know, her, they believe that she was has been withholding evidence and not being truthful, so uh, she... Uh, has a been has been arrested here and this story continues to get crazier by the day
1: well, one of my people one of those stories that we never know what actually happened right. because one of the few places in hotels and that that you don't have cameras and in, in people's rooms thank god hopefully that is still the case but yeah i mean it's it's going to be a he said she said and now there's a third person involved as well i mean he admitted he he said that he didn't remember her punching him and knocking out a tooth so he was obviously inebriated or something now she's saying she hit her head I Don't really understand the bruises on the leg. Yeah. What were they? In, and it, was it an MMA fight? Was there leg kicks involved or something? Could have been a wrestling match. I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. we don't know. And yeah. What was the third person doing? Is it a male? Is it a female? What was their role exactly? Mm-hmm. Were there more than the three people in the altercation? I have a feeling we're never going to know the truth of this. And you know, there's usually like three sides to every mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. side A, side B, and then the mm-hmm. truth somewhere in the middle. But I don't even know that we'll ever find that mm-hmm. because. These people sound like they were all maybe a little bit inebriated or something mm-hmm. and I don't even know if they know exactly what happened.
0: Were the bruises uh, before uh the, the the shin kick or the leg kick? Did she do an interview I uh, sitting on the on the floor with Joe Rogan? Is that what happened? Yeah, I don't know,
1: you know. <laughs> were there leg fractures before the incident? That's we don't saying. know. That's what I'm Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, you know Tom Brady. Yes. Tom Brady is uh apparently needs a little bit of cash these days because tom brady is now doing commercials for subway tom brady his whole life has kind of led it by mentioning how he eats nothing but super 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 healthy food one of the things that he doesn't consume is bread well he's a vegan guy too right he's a vegan guy he doesn't eat bread and yet here's a little clip of some of the latest subway commercials
2: Subway has so much new, I
1: couldn't fit it all in the last ad. Yep, so let me finish this. There's new
2: hickory smoked bacon, fresh mozzarella, smashed avocado. You know what? There's a lot. But it all makes a better footlong. Can I get a word in? Sure. Take the tagline.
0: Because you, you got to a- refresh to be fresh.
2: It's to eat fresh, refresh at Subway. And they're refreshing everything, from how they make it, to how they bake it, to how they bring it to you.
0: This new turkey
2: cali-fresh is incredible. Do you even eat bread? Steph, it's a commercial. Subway has so much new, it didn't fit in that last ad. Like the new Deli-style oven-roasted turkey and new hickory-smoked bacon. It's the E-Fresh, Refresh at Subway. It's so much new,
0: we don't even have time for this guy. But I'm Tom Brady.
2: Oh, and there's smashed avocado, too.
0: Okay, so you have Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Charles Barkley. Megan Rapinoe. Rapinoe. Serena Williams. Serena is in Williams. In, yeah. Yeah. But
1: the thing that gets me in these
0: commercials, and I don't know who does and
1: doesn't eat Subway. I don't know the dietary plans of every one of the people in those commercials. But Steph Curry literally in the commercial asked Tom, Tom, do you even eat bread? After he says that the sandwich is, oh, it's amazing. And he's holding the sandwich in his hand after he cut off Steph from doing the tagline. And he says, it's a commercial. He's literally saying right in the spot, I do not eat this garbage. This is something I would not put in my body. I would not consume. I'm doing it because it's a commercial, and they're paying me. Subway literally hired a guy to endorse their product that doesn't
0: use their product, and everybody knows it. Well, he's a Super Bowl MVP, so it's a good move on their part, right? Is it a good move if you're saying, I mean... (laughs) Okay, hold on, let me ask you this. Okay, so he said, if we really diagnose this, he said... Steph asked him, do you even eat bread? Which, like you said, he probably doesn't. In the, in the, No, no, not com- probably. He
1: does not eat bread. He has gone on record saying okay, that so he doesn't that. eat okay, bread. Okay, so that's fine. And and it's the look
0: on his face as well when he says it. It's like, it's okay. commercial. Right, I get that. I get that, which is kind of funny. So, But here's the question, though. He is mentioning in this about the turkey's delicious, that so we know he eats no, that he didn't say it's delish what he, he said th- it looks amazing he
1: didn't say it tastes amazing he didn't <laughs> say i can't wait to bite into this he's holding and it says it looks yeah it looks amazing and then he would throw it aside and say but i'm never eating this stuff you think that
0: he doesn't eat turkey he doesn't eat subway sandwiches do we know that for he a doesn't eat bread okay but can you go in there and just get like hey give me the side of turkey I highly doubt that people do that. (laughs) So Subway hired a guy that they knowingly does not eat their product.
1: A couple months Mm. ago, some of the newspapers and places caught on that he was going to be one of their spokesmen, and there were articles all over ripping this move, saying what a joke this was. It's just, I mean, it, it, it's absolutely ludicrous to me that they would intentionally hire somebody. They already got bad press for it beforehand. But again, now maybe most people don't know Tom's like that. Maybe they don't realize that. But Tom Brady has been a stickler his whole life that he doesn't eat bread. He's a vegan like he said. well, if you're a vegan, you're not eating turkey. What about the
0: wraps? I mean, a lot of people, the health conscious, they eat the wraps and they have wraps there at Subway. Could Could that be? He wasn't
1: holding a wrap in his hand and said this turkey th- th- this wrap looks great and if you're a vegan you're not eating meat. So was he holding the sandwich? He's commercial? holding the sandwich with go, the bread. Go, it looks
0: amazing. <laughs> and it's the big foot long sandwich. So what would you do? Would you would you say, "Okay, so Subway, this is you, you you have to pull any ads with Tom Brady?"
1: I'd say, "Why did you sign him in the first place? Who came up with the idea and who and how did everybody
0: else go, "Wow, that's a great idea." So what about Tom, from Tom Brady's perspective here? Do you think, I mean, he seems like a guy that uh, would have some morals and ethics, right? So wouldn't he say, hey, you know, I'm not the right guy for that because I, I don't eat that sort of thing? I mean, why would you put yourself in? That's like somebody asked me to do, say, I don't know, a whiskey commercial or something or a cigarette thing or whatever. I, I, I'd pass. I, I'm, I'm not your. I'm not your guy. I think the way that in his
1: mind, and again, I don't know. This is just my opinion. But I'm thinking... Okay, so he never actually endorses it and says, this is delicious, I can't wait to have one. He says it looks (laughs) amazing. Maybe it does look amazing. Numbchuck just put a pack of marbles in front of me. Yes, I saw that. I I think he wanted me to endorse it. Not happening! Yeah, so I don't know. I I, I just find it amazing that Subway would use Tom Brady. (laughs) But again, I know he's a Super Bowl champ. He's won several Super Bowls. But...
0: This so commercial. you're saying he's just in it for the cash.
1: Well, he's obviously in it just for Sorry, the cash. Right. Why else would you endorse something that you absolutely don't like? And I'm sure a lot of people have endorsed products that they don't believe
0: all right. in. All right. Speaking of food, I don't know uh, you heard the story about the uh, Mets broadcaster, longtime broadcaster uh, Gary Cohen, who uh, the Mets were playing the Cincinnati Reds, and Gary Cohen was talking about Skyline Chili. Now, yes. for those that don't know, Skyline Chili is a Cincinnati legend. I mean, people that go to Cincinnati, they love Skyline Chili. I'm going to put this in context where you can understand this. Probably like the White Castle burger in Chicago. I don't know what you think of White Castle. I know what I think of White Castle. I think it's probably the the lowest of, of all burger chains on the planet. But late night, people go there, they're cheap, and people stuff themselves with White Castle and they talk about like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Skyline chili is kind of like that, and uh, here's Gary Cohen talking about skyline chili.
2: This is the local delicacy known as skyline chili, the five way with the spaghetti and the beans and the cheese. Five way. First, the uh, the disgusting chili gravy. And what do you Down put on The there? onions? Do you put some mustard or something? No, on no, no, Wait a second. When they, after the onions comes the cheese, and that's what makes it the five-way. Here we go. Is the cheese. They put like 10 tons of, of shredded cheese on there, and this is supposed to be food that you actually eat. Now, does the cheese melt, or is that a... a... Ronnie, Ronnie, have you ever had skyline show? I have not. I have not. I would recommend... Not a, having it, uh, or? Well, no. You, you need to try everything once. Okay. Right? All right. It doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. Try it once, and then you'll never eat it again.
0: And that's Ron Darling, his partner on the Mets broadcast, a former Mets pitcher. So, yes, uh, Gary Cohen just smashing skyline chili. I have had skyline chili. I've been to Great American Ballpark uh, numerous occasions, and uh, I, I've had it, but not in the contest where he has it. Because it, so skyline chili, like I said, Cincinnati delicacy, so to speak, and they have it at the ballpark. You can get Skyline Chili, just the chili. Or you can get the chili dog, just the chili on the dog, which my daughter had. So you can go ahead and go with that routine, and that's fine. But the five-way that he's talking about, he's right, looks absolutely disgusting because it's like spaghetti. And I never understood that. So when I went to look at you know, all the, the options there, I go, Who in the heck wants spaghetti in their chili with this bucket of cheese on top? Just and 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 a lot of, cheese. and that's the thing yeah. about it.
1: If you get a chance, yeah. check out the
0: video because they okay. show them preparing it. Right, right. So, so the, I the, the audio yeah. is decent, but the video does even more justice. Right. So yeah, I opted away from that, but people do. It's one of those things you either love it or you hate it. But I will say, just the chili by itself is a little spicy, but I like spicy. It's pretty good. But when you do all that nonsense, I can understand where where, where Cohen is going here. But uh, smashing a, a fellow major league. You know, baseball, ballpark, and their eateries. I don't know. You down for that? I I, I, I enjoy honesty. Yeah. And if you
1: think something is garbage and it's no good, mm-hmm. then say it. Don't endorse it in your own commercial so you can make more money <laughs> off it. And Gary Cohen's certainly not doing that. Sure. But, yeah, you know what, Skyline Chili, would you put Skyline Chili on a chili dog?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. See, now I'm not a big chili dog. Right, because you fan. like,
1: yeah, because you like the
0: Chicago dog. Yes. The sand, but if you had well, my chili wife dog, and daughter, they, they, just they've the done chi- it. They've done it. Just yeah. the chili itself
1: Chili's is fine. Good, yeah. but the whole five
0: way thing is the, just, yeah. it's, it's too much. Yeah, it, it's way too much. Yeah. And what a I, five two player in baseball, good. Five way skyline chili, not so much. Exactly. And, and so, what have I opted for? When I, and again, I, I when I first time I go to a ballpark, I'll look at all the the options. You know, and I want to make sure I get there early and do all that stuff. But I opted for the Philly cheesesteak, the Penn Station Philly cheesesteak. And that's what's kind of cool about Great American Ballpark, like a lot of ballparks nowadays, too, where they'll have, uh, you know, the regular places in the park. So it's just not, you know, they contract through that distributor, you know, they, they actually, you know, have franchises in the ballpark. So, Skyline Chili, not for me, but the Penn Station Philly cheesesteak, I found myself having that just about every day, along with, like, the regular hot dogs and the burgers. So, uh, so yeah. A, the five-way, that would scare me off as well, too.
1: So when you go to pretty, a ballpark, pretty thing, pretty do you also look around and see that they have different selections at different stands? Because some parks, yes. every stand is kind of the same thing. Yes. Some places, I'm like, thorough. Like, like the old Comiskey Park, that's what it used to like. They had different areas. Now, I don't know if they changed it since then, but when they mm. first built the new park for the White Sox, mm. you know, every stand had a, kind of had the same thing. It's like, well, that's not what a ball game here used to be about. But right. And again, I don't eat a lot of variety. In fact, when I go to ballparks, I generally don't eat. Right. But... Um, but yeah, but I mean, it's you know a, a lot of food. You know, it's it's you know it it the food does bring some of the people there, but some of the stuff that they come up with, it's like no, yeah. what do you think? And then you see the people actually eating all the stuff during the game. It's like, who you're
0: probably even early because you just had the five way skyline chili. Hey, I, I've I've had you know, buddies of mine have gone with me to games. I'll use the Miller Park example: a 95 degree day at Miller Park in July, the humidity, and this guy had to have. The, the nacho supreme in the Brewers' helmet. And he, you know, that means, I mean, you got nachos, you got the beans, and you got the meat, and you got the sour cream. And it's the big helmet. The big helmet in the 95 degree heat. And you're sitting, no, you that's not a smart idea. 20 minutes later, this guy was, I don't think he saw the rest of the game because you know where he was at. Well, and, at least and, he he wanted, had... and he wanted to ride home with me. At least he heard it because yeah. they do have speakers in the restroom. Yeah, there you go. All right. Finally, this, uh, athletes in Tokyo, they are arriving as we speak and we have athletes that are going into the rooms and they're saying, wait, what are these beds? They are cardboard beds that they have in Tokyo in the Olympic village. So you ask me, my friend, why are these beds made of cardboard? Any idea? It's cheap. Cheap. I, that's what I get out of this cheap, right? Well, according to some reports there in Tokyo, they're saying, no, they're trying to make these beds uncomfortable. We want the athletes to be able to sleep, but we're trying to deter them from having sex.
1: Oh, so they're not going to throw out the million condoms like they did in one of the last Olympics.
0: That's true. Remember that? There you go. Yes. Exactly. So... They're trying to make this uncomfortable, so you don't bring the male athletes, bring in the female athletes, or vice versa, and you're trying to discourage them from having sex saying, this is going to be too uncomfortable, but I guess some people are putting it to a test. In today's episode of fake news at the Olympic Games, the beds
2: are meant to be anti-sex. They're made out of cardboard, yes, but apparently they're meant to break at any sudden movements. It's fake, fake news.
0: Uh, no truth to the rumor that was Paul Buck Power Stewart, but yes. So was that
1: guy <laughs> jumping on his
0: bed? He's jumping on the bed. Okay. Yes. Now, what does that have to do with sex? I have no idea. Well, if I mean, you're, if you're physically jumping on the bed with your feet, well, I, don't, I guess it depends on how freaky you get and how <laughs> intense it gets, or something like that, too. I don't but, know uh, anybody's but, uh, jumping up and down on a bed with their, you know, like a trampoline when they're having sexual activity.
1: Apparently, they are hoping that in Tokyo, that Trojan Man does not win any medals. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, man. Uh, you get you. You got a story uh, to, to take more us out on.
1: Kind of. Um, well, this kind of Olympic re- related. It's not Olympic related, but it is sports related, and it's about uniforms and things like that. Oh. The Norwegian women's handball team oh. recently was in a hey, tournament. Handball is a sport. There you go. Handball yeah. is, a, is a sport. Olympic sport. Well, they were fined recently because in handball. In Norway, well, just in the Handball Federation, the women's teams have to wear bikini tops and bottoms during their matches. The men can wear regular shirts and shorts and that. The Norwegian women's team has been trying to fight this for years, saying, look, it's not comfortable. We're not out here for a sex show. We want to be comfortable. So in a match on Sunday, they wore what the men wear. They wore a jersey like a basketball jersey would be and regular shorts. Well, the Handball Federation said, nope, you ain't doing that. They fined them. Each player got a fine, which is equivalent to about $177. Now, the handball team sponsor said that they will pay the fines of all the ladies. But they've literally been fined for wearing too much clothing. And the Norwegian Handball Federation says, well, it's not really their thing to do anything about it because it's from the International Handball Federation. Nothing has come of this yet, but the ladies' team is saying... They hope that this changes things and that eventually they won't have to wear that. But, yes, the women basically look like beach volleyball players in their handball uniforms. And the Norwegian women said, enough.
0: So let me ask you this. Is this handball competition taking place on a beach with sand? I I don't actually know. It didn't say that in the article. It would be impossible to do that, wouldn't it? To play handball with sand? Probably. Then why am I looking at a picture here with these guys... On a sand with a, a net something behind it. Well, and again, may, maybe there is. Maybe they play some tournaments on the I mean, why would it be impossible to well, play? Well, I guess I mean, here, here's my question is that if you're going to play on the sand, we had this conversation with the women, uh, you know, volleyball, the, the beach volleyball players and their scant league God, and, and, and the men right. are not so – same type of thing here. Well, yeah, but in, in Carter, handball. In
1: Qatar it was the exact opposite with the beach yeah. volleyball where they told women that they
0: couldn't wear the bikini and that sort of That's stuff. That's what we talked about that, right. So – I I don't understand in, in handball why you'd even want to be dressed that way. And I guess if you are dressed that way, I mean, is it a sex show or not? But from what I've seen, handball, I mean, you're playing on concrete or a wooden you know uh, area, right? Yeah, it's kind of like, that's like that's a basketball
1: works? type court or something like that. Yes, that it looks like you're right, playing on. Right.
0: But yeah, but but maybe there is a sand version of
1: this as well. <sighs> but regardless, what. I think it would be
0: in the title that and, was the And case. I
1: kind of agree with the ladies on this. Like, wh- Why do we have to wear these things? They shouldn't. And, and when you see the picture of them, the women, it, it looks like basically like the, it's a basketball uniform yeah. that the ladies are wearing. And that's what the men are allowed to wear. The longer shorts, yeah, the it. the top that covers everything. But nope. They, in handball, apparently, the International Handball Federation says, bikini tops and bottoms or you're fined.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you're not fined. You're fined. You're fined. Okay. Uh Maybe they're looking for a little ratings boost, uh you know, on some of these other sports we're talking about, you know, huh yeah, you gotta put the ball in the net, yeah, <laughs> so maybe that handball situation was correlated to the cardboard beds, possibly yeah, I don't
1: know if you can play handball on a cardboard bed or not, <laughs> but maybe that'll be a new sport,
0: yeah, I think some people' will be willing to find out you got some uh. Feedback on that. Hit us on Twitter at tcmartin21 at vgk frank as well with some terrible Tuesday thoughts. BJ Armstrong joins us. We get ready. The Deer District alive and well, ready to go. Game six NBA Finals tonight. What's up, y'all? This Simba. You checking my boy TC Martin talking about what's happening. All right. Game six tonight. Will it be over? Is not the last NBA game that we see, or does it get extended to Game 7? Let's break it down with the three-time champion, punk Star, All-Star, Shooting Star, BJ Armstrong. What's up? What's good? What's good? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I know this. Uh, so I got a little little updates for you guys, a little, a little breaking news. As you know, I got... Some Milwaukee and some Wisconsin ties. So okay. the National Guard has been alerted, and they have been brought out tonight. Uh, I have a good buddy of mine who's whose son-in-law is part of the National Guard. They called him up and said, hey, we we got to be on, on post tonight. So they've been called in. They've expanded the Deer District there to 65,000 fans that they can accommodate tonight. Oh. They are expecting a big-time party there in Milwaukee by the water, by the Fiserv Forum, Uh, the restaurants, the bars are going to be hopping tonight, uh, expanding the Deer District to accommodate 65,000 fans. So you think those crowd shots that we've been seeing with uh, with ABC and ESPN uh, were crazy? Wait till you see the crowds tonight.
1: So 65,000 people, that means about 65 masks.
0: Yeah, about that. Yeah, one percent. That'd be right. B.J., you know Milwaukee. What do you think about Milwaukee? Yeah, that, that that's
2: that's incredible. I mean, I can't imagine how intimidating that must be for the opposing team. You got twenty thousand screaming fans in the arena. You had another twenty five thousand outside of the arena. Now we're talking about sixty thousand plus. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 this is like a it, this is. It, well, if you can get 65,000 people out there, we might as well build bigger arenas. How about
0: that? <laughs> no kidding, right? Let's, 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 uh, let's, let's have this thing in, uh, in soccer stadiums or football stadiums.
1: Hey, BJ, is a player, though, could you try to use that to your advantage and go, let's, sell, let's send all 85,000 people home unhappy after this?
2: Uh, you know what? If you have the right player with the right talent, the most rewarding thing that I can tell you guys is to play on the road and silence the crowd and getting to the, it's nothing, nothing is more satisfying to be on the road and silence the entire crowd. That's true. And that, that's a great, that, that, that's the greatest feeling. That, to me, that's, that was the optimum accomplishment in my professional career is to silence the crowd where you can get through all of the noise and get to the silence. So um, that was always a goal of mine is how quickly can we get to the silence, where you silence the crowd, take them out of the game, and that's by controlling the tempo, controlling the time, not being afraid of the moment. And uh, it's a very rewarding feeling to, to be able to get to that point during a game or your career.
0: And, you know, that's a little bit of a flashback, too, when you go to – you talk about Milwaukee, and when you're talking about that, I remember the you know, the Bulls Jazz Series. Because Salt Lake City and those Utah fans, are they're just as rabid as – as Buck fans and you can say the Lakers you can say you know you know these these you know Portland and you know Portland's that way too, where you know it really wasn't that fashionable back in those days where you would have fans that would you know sit outside of the arena or gather in parks and that sort of thing that's really just come about Probably said for the better part of the last five or ten years, I guess, right?
1: Well, like look, look what Toronto had when they won their championship. Yeah. I mean, yes. they they yeah. were crazy seen in, in hockey
0: in Nashville and this yeah. sort of thing as well, too. Yeah. So, but you know, I know that Milwaukee area pretty well. That in I'm thinking when I heard the number today of sixty five thousand, I go, I don't know where they're going to put sixty five thousand. I really don't, and I could see them, you know, packing ten thousand, five. I can see that, but. Yeah, I mean that's even like wall to wall crazy. That's a lot.
2: That's a lot of people. It's insane. That that, that, that it's a, you're asking for something to happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you have to, you know. That's a that's a lot of activity. And uh, let's everyone be safe. You know, let's not forget COVID. Let's not forget all of the things we have and and all of our you know public uh, you know, people that have to monitor those situations and and, and hopefully people come cheer cheer for their team, but more home that everyone gets home safely.
0: All right, BJ, so let's work our way backwards here. Let's go right here. We know what that atmosphere is going to be like tonight. You've participated in that in yourself. Is there going to be a Game 7?
2: You know, guys, I, I've been thinking about this uh, all day and knowing that I was coming on with you guys. I, I, the most difficult game is, is, is the closeout game. And... You know, everything is pointing towards Phoenix is going to win this game. I just uh, – I, I, Phoenix is going to win this game. And every team will tell you, and, and in particular in this situation, that, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the finals, it, 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 it's tough. It, it, it's so tough. So I, I'm going to look – if Milwaukee is going to win this game, two things are going to happen. They're going to come from a large deficit and win this game. Or they're just going to play incredible, and it's going to be a blowout. But I don't think it's going to be anything in anywhere in between. If you're asking me today, right now, I, you know, I, I'm I, I want Milwaukee to win. I, I really do. But everything tells me that Phoenix is going to be ready. Right, Phoenix is going to walk into the building, guys. They're going to look up in the ceiling, and there's going to be confetti up there. They're going to walk through the halls to the locker room, and there's going to be the champagne sitting there. Adam Silver is going to be there, ready to give the speech if Milwaukee wins. And it's just, it, it's, it's like it's only human nature for them to use that as fuel, and it's only human nature for everyone in that Milwaukee let Milwaukee locker room to have a letdown, because now everyone is ready to celebrate. Everyone wants to say they were in the building when Milwaukee won their first championship. So, if Milwaukee is going to win this game and if Milwaukee is going to win this championship, guys. I think they're going to have to win it tonight because it is so, so difficult to win a game seven on the road. So I think Milwaukee's going to have to win it. If they're going to win it, I think it's going to be tonight.
0: All right. So I'm going to play devil's advocate with you here. Now, you yourself have said that the Suns team is very young and very inexperienced. And you've been right on the money, my man, with that because we've seen the difference between the Suns in games one and two compared to three, four, and five. And. The psyche that I'm thinking here is just when you have have three losses in a row coming in after winning the first two games and basically being invincible in the, in the previous series and during the regular season. You've never lost three in a row, I don't believe, during the, any course of this season, that now your back is up against the wall here. And that, that mindset, BJ, that you just described, walking here, seeing the confetti Larry O'Brien trophy, yeah – that sounds good, but for a team whose psyche is fractured right now and for a team that really doesn't have that veteran leadership, the guys that have been in this position before saying, hey, yeah, forget that. We're going to take it to them. No, no, this isn't going to happen. I just don't see that from these Phoenix Suns, especially considering the body language that I've seen from these guys. A little bit of infighting, complaining about these calls with the referees. I don't think they're that mentally tough.
2: Yeah I, I mean look I can definitely see it and we have every reason to believe that. However, you know, you got to play the game. You have to do it and this is a huge huge opportunity, look. Everyone's everyone's nervous, right? The Phoenix Suns, we can concentrate on them for a minute. They should be nervous because if they lose now, it's it's over. It's done. But what I do like about this Phoenix team and when you're young, you don't know any better. <laughs> Now they don't have the expectations, we're going home to win the game. And it's easier, guys, believe it or not, to play on the road than it is at home. It's easier, especially in the playoffs. You have less distractions. You don't have to worry about getting to the game. You're just getting on the bus. You're just going to the game. No one's expecting you to win. You don't have to worry about tickets. You don't have to worry about any of those things. When you're at home now, the, 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 the main thing, because I've been in that situation as a player, is when you are at home and a closeout game, you gotta worry about tickets. You have to worry about parking. You have to worry about security. You have to worry about the the, the 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 celebration, you have to worry about all of these things that are in plain sight for everyone to see. You walk out in there and you see the confetti sitting up there and you're like, wait a minute, they haven't we haven't played the game yet. And it's only natural that your family members want to get in on the celebration. So, again, you know, if I could do it all over, what I would do is I would imitate, you know, what I did on the road and just go go stay on the road, don't worry about anything, take a cab to the game, right? This was before Uber. I would have just taken a cab to the game and just treated it like any other game because there's so many distractions, you know, going around. The city of Milwaukee right now is on, they're buzzing. So you feel that, the other team feels that and those guys have some pride. So what do they have to lose? They're expected to lose anyway. So why not come out and play free and make them earn it? So that's why I'm saying I think the Bucks have to come out early. Get this team down get this team by, down by 10 or more points and make the Phoenix Suns say, do we really want to expend this much energy to get back in the game just to lose it? They may just they may just say no and then you can blow them out. But if this game is close, I think anything can happen. I think the Phoenix Suns, they, they, they could easily win this game, guys, easily.
1: Okay, so, so you mentioned that, you know, there's motivation on both teams, the incentive of saying that we don't want the confetti dropped and the incentive that say that you want to party with your friends and drop it. What is the key to each team winning this game, and who in the end do you think does end up winning it?
2: I think the key to the game, I think – that will come down to the first 5 minutes of the game. Right? I think the team that wins the first quarter is going to win this game. And I'm going to tell you why. If Phoenix can get up by 16 or so like they did in the first quarter like they did uh in la- in the last game, I don't think you know, I don't think they're going to come back. Okay? But if the Milwaukee Bucks get up by 15 points, I think the Phoenix Suns will just kind of, you
0: know, no fold because yeah. they don't
2: have a deep team anyway. I yeah. think they'll fold. I yeah. think they'll just, yeah. ah, you know what? We had a good run. This team was better than us, and then they'll just play out the sh- they'll just play out the string. Well, I'm just going to go with my instincts and say I think Phoenix is going to win this game.
0: And I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying. I,
2: I think Phoenix is going to win this yeah. game. I don't know why, but I, I just well, it's only it's only human nature. But if Milwaukee is serious, because I think Milwaukee has to win this game to win the series. If Milwaukee is serious, then they will come out and establish in the first five minutes of the game, we are here to fight. See, I think you've got to make it into a dogfight. You can't come out here talking about we're going to play and execute and all those things. We are here to fight. We're here to get every 50-50 ball. We're going to limit your shots to one shot. We're going to contest every shot. And we're, gonna, we're willing to go with to whatever length that's necessary to win the game. And if they are willing to do that and win the effort and energy part of the game and and do all the little things that will contribute to winning setting screens talking on defense making sure you get back on transition passing up good shots to get great shots then and only then i think they will win this game because phoenix will have to play above and beyond that because phoenix can score they can score they know they can score but if Milwaukee comes out lackadaisical, they get down 15. The crowd wants. The crowd is only there to celebrate right now. See, I think the crowd is going to work against you in a, game, in a close-up game because they they want to be part of the celebration. <laughs> Everyone's got their phones out. Everyone's ready to party. <laughs> you know. So I, I just I'm just going to say what I understand. I think Phoenix will will find a way, and uh, I think they'll probably come out and win this game tonight.
0: Yes. And when I said, uh, you know, I, I agree with you, I, I'm not agreeing that I think Phoenix wins because I think this, I can make a case for both sides, but I totally yeah, agree with yep. you. And my, and my mindset is exactly like yours, that the Milwaukee Bucks cannot fall behind. And I've been saying that, you know, we know the Suns are going to go out to a lead more than likely because they've basically done that. For most of these games, they come on and Milwaukee has been able to withstand that and come back. I mean, I thought, I really did. I thought that the game was over after the first period and the Suns, you know, again, the home court had held true. Up until you know the last game in Game Five, and then all of a sudden Milwaukee just kept clawing back and clawing back, and both teams shot an incredible percentage. And then you know there's that school of thought like, wow, now we've lost three in a row. We got no answer for Giannis, and you know we got the the Drew Holiday situation as well as as Middleton. Like, wow, I agree with you. I think Phoenix is going to come out lights out on fire, and can Milwaukee withstand that? But if if they don't come out and shoot lights out, like they've been which Phoenix has been doing then I agree with you I think wow a big time advantage Milwaukee so I'm taking that wait and see approach you know like what you know I think that's the way you can because you know because these games believe it or not for the most part they've been closely contested even that last game I mean Phoenix had a chance they battled back they were down nine three and a half minutes to go and then they had the ball down one had the ball down one under 30 seconds ago and had a chance to to win the game so I mean this series is razor thinly closely contested here and it's just it's it's one of these things and I want to put this in the guard's hands here with you that how much of this really comes down to Drew Holiday guarding Chris Paul because we've seen him get in his head take care of business we've seen Chris Paul be very lazy with passes especially at the beginning the first half of that last game he's not been the same Chris Paul and when Drew Holiday basically outscores Chris Paul, the Bucks have won. When it's gone, the role reversal, then Phoenix has won. How much of this do you think comes down to that matchup?
2: Well, you know, look, let's, let's give Chris Paul all his respect. You know, we've never seen a, a small guard at this age play at this level at this particular time of the season. Okay? So let's, first, let's, let's say that. A small, I can't think off the top a small guard. A guy six foot and under playing a position where speed and quickness is the essence of that position. Right? Now, if you're a bigger guard, you're six six, six seven, six eight, you can lose a step or two and still be effective because of your height, you know. You know, length is the one thing that doesn't deteriorate with age. So let's give Chris Paul credit. Everyone said, What's wrong with Chris Paul? Let me tell you what's wrong with Chris Paul. I got two words for you. Drew Holiday. <laughs> that's what's wrong with Chris Paul. Right. Drew Holiday is is younger, he's stronger, he's bigger, he's faster than Chris Paul. That, that, that's, hey, we all forgot about Drew Holiday over there. We, we saw him. Chris Paul was great in the first two games, and he was. He was sensational. But this guy, Drew Holiday, has pride, okay? And this, this young player is wearing Chris Paul down. He's just wearing him down. That is... It, it, it's it's like there's nothing you can do. When you're 36, Chris Paul's mind is still 26, but his body is 36. He's not suddenly going to be 6'3 tonight or 6'4 the next game. He is still is playing a position where speed and quickness. He can't just blow by these guys consistently like he did. If you watch the first two games, he was blowing by people. Games three, four, five, he slowed down now because of the physicality of Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday has extended this game to 94 feet, guys, in the NBA Finals.
0: That's right. There's nothing wrong with you. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Advantage Milwaukee because when Holiday is outplayed.
2: Yeah. Drew Holiday, let's just call it what it is. He's outplayed Chris Paul. 100%. And that's no no disrespect. That's not like Chris Paul is not performing. Drew Holiday, by the way, is a really, really, really good player. (laughs) Okay? He's no slouch himself. And while we were all singing his praises for Chris Paul, Drew Holiday stepped up to the challenge. That's why you play the game. That's why we're going to play it tonight, right? So Drew Holiday has been exceptional. He's been very aggressive on both ends of the court. And what I love about Drew Holiday, unlike Chris Paul right now, he doesn't have to score the basketball to be effective or make an impact on the game. To me, that's the sign of a great player is where, okay, if you you play well like he did in game five, you're exceptional. But his impact is he's not only defending guys, Chris Paul. By the way, he really did a nice job late in the game on Devin Booker when P.J. Tucker got in foul trouble. This guy's guarding both of those guys, and that's no easy task, okay? And he's doing it without help. So give Drew Holiday credit. He is an elite defender at his position. And he's able to guard guards like Devin Booker and other players because of the physicality and what he does on the defensive end. So it's great as we give these guys for their offensive abilities. Let's start saying Drew Holiday is one of the elite perimeter defenders in the NBA, period. Because he's playing like a elite defensive player.
0: No, he and that's what you have been saying. He is the difference maker. He is the difference maker, especially in games three and four and five. And and you're right. And and again, you go back to the strip of Devin Booker. I mean, that was Drew Holiday. People want to talk about the Giannis block, but I argue that 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 strip, that is the more the telling sign of this series than uh, than Giannis block uh, from the previous game.
1: And, and if Milwaukee wins tonight, Giannis is going to be the MVP. I think people will be sure. shocked if he wasn't. Right. But could you make an argument for Drew Holiday getting some rec- some consideration for that because of the role he's played? Although it would absolutely freak most people out that don't really know the game. Right. And yeah, again, there's no Boy, question. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, we know the formula, guys. Great players have to be great. Giannis, I I mean, every time I think about what I – two weeks ago, guys, we were talking about this guy, his season may be over with. Not only for this year, maybe next year. It just – it didn't look good. That injury he sustained in the Atlanta Hawks series. That's been about two, two and a half weeks ago. Now this guy, Giannis, we're talking about he could potentially be the the MVP of the finals. So Giannis (laughs) – I mean, he's incredible. I mean, just watching him, I'm just, like, amazed at how good he really is and how good he's going to become. Because of, you know, he's a... he. This is not a finished product yet. I mean, this guy is a two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and he's not even finished. You know, he doesn't have a consistent jump shot yet. He doesn't have a really a a signature go-to move yet. He's not shooting and extending his game beyond a three yet. His passing... And blended play in game five was nothing short of sensational. His ability to get Chris Middleton and the other guys involved, and by the way, he still gets a nice 30 in between all of that while he's defending, playing the four, the five, blocking shots, and all of those things. So, I mean, this is just incredible to watch him play. But going back to, you know, I think the great players have to be great, which he has been, and the role players have to play their role great. That's the most impressive thing to me about watching Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. And by the way, Brooke Lopez is another guy. an unsung hero for them because he's given them quality minutes at that position. And watching Pat Connington and Bobby Portis, because in the first two games, guys, they had nothing going at coming off their bench. Those guys gave them double figures. They've found their rhythm. They found the tempo of the game they need to play at. And uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, man, they've won the last three games. And, uh, you know, they've been playing good basketball, and Drew Holiday is certainly a big part of that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And I think, you know, I've said it before, Milwaukee is the deeper team, the experienced team, and guys like Bobby Portis, Coddington, yeah, you're right. It Just, you know, to me, advantage Milwaukee because of playing at home tonight and no answer for Giannis the defensive mastery, and I'll say, uh, of Drew Holiday. But, again, uh, Bobby Portis is going to have something to say tonight, too, and that team just feeds off his energy when he comes off the bench. All right, BJ, we got to get rolling, man. I appreciate it, as always. So, according to BJ, we're going to be talking to him about a game seven. But! We'll be be talking to you, and we're going to get really
2: funky on game seven because, you know what? Man, let's keep it going and keep that music coming, man. It's good for the soul. It's good
0: for the soul. It never dies, brother. have gone anywhere for the last forty years. It ain't going anywhere. I- I'm sure Greg hey, Popovich hey, hey, hopes there's not. I- I'm sure Greg
1: Popovich hopes there's not a game seven. Yeah, because Popovich He wants oh, those guys over there in Tokyo. Uh, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys be good. I appreciate you. You got a BJ Armstrong, three-time NBA champion. All right, we come back on the other side. Scott Spritzer is going to join us. We start handicapping tonight's game number six the Bucks and the Suns we'll talk a little Olympic basketball as well yeah Dr. Christina Mass is going to give us a COVID update too so don't you dare go anywhere hour two right here T.C. Martin Ballpark Frank on this terrible Tuesday